This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Amen, everybody. Let me get turned on here. What a blessing to be at the Promise Center. Oh, I love this place. I just love just the rhythm. I just love just the, the wonderful, soft, sweet, powerful, deep presence of God that's in this place. And how many of y'all enjoy this environment that you have here? How many of you are thankful for this environment? I'm so thankful for Chad and Heidi, my amazing friends. Uh, we, we all started ministry together. We all, uh, we all worked our way and kind of figured out, and Lord, what are you doing with us? And, and uh, I'm so thankful for their life, their family, and I'm so thankful for this church ministry. You guys are setting the pace for a lot of people, being an example uh, for a lot of churches. A lot of people are learning from you, so behave yourselves. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people that are taking notes. Every time I walk in here, my, my, my mental note taker starts, starts writing things down. So I want to thank God for you. And I want to thank you all for supporting us financially. Through your generosity, we're able to reach the city of Houston with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so you're, you're reaching all the way into Houston. Come on now. Somebody said amen. amen. So I'm really excited to be here. Amen. I've been eating organic stuff ever since I got here. <laughs> you know, everything in Texas is, te is barbecue and hamburgers and, and steaks and all that kind of stuff. And so it's good to come for a healthy weekend, you know. <laughs> Amen. Even the coffee is healthy here. I mean, it's just all, even your Dr. Pepper is healthy over here. But I want to I talk to you this morning. I know we've been in a series uh, about happy. Everybody say happy. happy. And uh, today, today I want to bring something to you. And I want to talk about happy ministry. Everybody say happy ministry. happy. Now, when I say ministry, immediately some of you begin to think, you turn your, your, your direction, and you're like, well, the pastor, he's the ministry, or, or the preachers, or et cetera, et cetera. You know, those are the, those are the people that do ministry. But that is not really a, a, a correct biblical mindset. Uh, a correct biblical mindset is that all of us are in ministry together. Amen. Amen. Your, your job is a ministry for you. Your career is your ministry. Uh, going to college is your ministry. Uh, your grandkids... Come on, grandparents. That's a good place to say amen. That, that's a ministry. Your children. God, you got to know that's a ministry. Uh, and so everything that you do in life, God is very holistic. God doesn't separate. Okay, what you do here at the church is ministry, and what you do at home is secular. No, that's not the way God works. Everything you do in your life is ministry. And God has called you to be in ministry. God didn't call you and save you just so that you can become a religious person and go to church and say, well, I go to church. I, I go to the Promise Center and praise God. No, God saved you so that you can work in ministry. God saved you so that you can do everything that you do for his honor and for his glory. He saved you so that every, every piece of work, every action, even when you go to the store and buy groceries, that can, people can see something in you and their attention could be turned towards heaven. And so, but, 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 but I want to talk about happy ministry because sometimes ministry is not so happy. Come on, church. Let's be honest here. Amen. Sometimes ministry is not all that, not what, it, not what it's all cracked up to be. Can I get a witness on that? Sometimes it's just work. 
Matter of fact, most of the time it's just work with, with those little moments of happiness in between. And sometimes it's just like grueling hard work and, and all of a sudden something wonderful happens and you're like, oh, that's why I do it. <laughs> that's why I didn't quit. <laughs> you know, right when you hear these kind of testimonies and you're like, man, all right, it's going to pay off. You know, I've been patient. You know, I've been working. And, and you see that little God moment. And, and that's, so I want to talk to you about how to be happy in ministry and, and how God has set things and ordained things so that you can have a happy ministry. Because I believe you're going to be happy in ministry the rest of your life. I'm just going to go ahead and declare that in Jesus' name. You're going to have happy ministry the rest of your life. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9 through verse 16, I want to read a portion of Scripture to you. And, uh, and, and Ephesians is a book, is a victory book. Everybody say, it's a victory book. If you ever stressed, down, broke, busted, disgusted, and you need encouragement, and nobody's around to encourage you, just flip your phone or your iPad or your Bible to the book of Ephesians and read through that book and find out how God has set you up to win, how God has set you up to be more than, more than a conqueror. In Ephesians chapter nine, uh, 4, verse 9 through 6 says, Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? So, so Jesus, God in flesh, descended down into the lower parts of the earth. And verse number 10, verse number 10, let's just kind of cruise through it. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So Jesus fills all things. And he himself, everybody say he himself. He himself. Who, who is he? Who is, he who, he? who is the he talking about? It's Jesus. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why did he do it? For the equipping of the who? Everybody say, I'm a saint. Just because you're not perfect, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are automatically a saint. Sainthood is not based on what you did. Sainthood is based on what Jesus did for you. Look at your neighbor and say, look out, I'm a saint. He said, he, for the equipping of the saints, in other words, for the equipping of you and me, for what? For the work of the what? He didn't say the vacation of the ministry. As some people think it, how, how it is. It, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, I remember, I remember when, I, when my dad used to go out and preach. I was hearing Pastor Chad talking about he's going to New Zealand. And I remember as a young kid, my dad was going out to preach. And I was, I was like, so dad, where are you going on vacation today? And, and I thought that these trips that he was taking, he was just going out to have vacation, having a great time, until I started preaching. <laughs> and I remember he picked me up from the airport one time, and when he picked me up, I leaned my seat back, and I, and I was just like, <gasps> after a long weekend of preaching, and he says, so how was vacation? <laughs> so it's the work. Everybody say, it's the work. The work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, verse number 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everybody say, I got to grow up. Come on, look at your neighbor. Uh, this is the only permission I'm going to give you to look at your neighbor and say, look at your neighbor and say, grow up. Come on. Look. <laughs> grow up in all things. Grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. And let's finish off in verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, 
causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Isn't the word awesome, church? So, so, so God wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature. He wants us to get to a place where I'm doing my part. Amen? And everybody can do their part. Everybody is called to do their part, and every part, everybody's part is very important. The small thing that you think that you do is very important to the big picture. You know, one machine can break down for one little small part. Come on, church. One little thing goes wrong in your iPhone, and you got to go back up to the Apple to get it fixed. One little thing can happen. One little thing can, can trip things up. And that's why you've got to take your place importantly. You've got to take your place in ministry seriously. You've got to take your, your ministry in your life very important. And you've got to be happy while you're doing it. So here are a few things. We looked at in, in verse 11. I want, I want to go back to verse 11 because I want to extract five things that the Lord has given us as a gift to help us develop a happy ministry. Let's all read it together in verse 11, and this is kind of my theme verse. Here we go. One, two, three. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Okay? Five things. Amen? There is a school of thought that, be that believes that we no longer have apostles, that the apostles are already gone. And I understand where that comes from. But I'm a very practical guy, and I believe that if the Word says he gave us something, that he gave us something for me today... And that that exists here today for us. I'm not interested in being weird about it or mystical about it. But I just want to take and I want to enjoy everything that God gave me. And so the Bible says that he gave apostles. What is the apostle for? We understand that there was 12 apostles. But what is the, what is the practical application of an apostle for today? The word apostle simply means someone who is sent. Okay? And, and the purpose of the apostle, if you study the apostle Paul, one of the major things that he did with the people that he reached, was he was a father to them, okay? Because that's one of the first gifts that Jesus gave us after salvation, after sanctification, after the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Salvation is a gift. But also, the apostles, or the apostle was a gift for us. What is the apostle today? What does that look like today? It simply means, it's, some, it's simply somebody who was sent to be a spiritual father in a particular region, to establish an environment, to develop an environment of health and protection and provision, uh, an environment where, where you feel safe. Uh, some of you may have had a good experience with your father. Some of you may have not. We could probably go 50%. Some of you uh, probably, if you could be honest with you, and I would say, how many of you had a great experience? Some of you would raise your hand. Uh, I, if I were to ask you, how many of you had a bad experience with your father? Some Others of you would raise your hand. Because the Father is very important. The, the, the Father aspect of God in our lives is very important. You see, the Father brings affirmation. The Father is the one that brings that environment of protection. The Father uh, brings that environment. I, I, I remember growing up and, and my dad would wear this very cheap cologne. Uh, and I remember when he would come home from work, it's called Joven Musk. I, I, <laughs> I tried to get him to do Armani and all this kind of stuff, but 20 years, I mean, all, all my life. And, and, but, but I got to the point where I, cussed, I, I, I grew accustomed to him, and I would, every time he would come home, I'd put my nose on his neck so I can smell that, jo that cheap Joven musk. And that, that, that smell was warming to me. That smell was, was assuring my dad's home, papa's home. Uh, one, one of the things, and whether you're Democrat or Republican, one of the things that I heard about about Ronald Reagan is that whenever his helicopter would land on the White House, the secretary, the secretary would say, Papa's home. 
because uh, he had that very papa type feel. Amen. And some of you don't agree with that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but, but the point is here is, is we all need the father aspect of God in our lives. The Bible says that Jesus heard a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Amen. Paul said to Timothy, he says, my beloved son in the gospel. And so there's got to be an aspect of your life where you crave for daddy. There's an aspect inside of your life where you crave to be father. Uh, studies show that 80% of people that are in prison today uh, are there because they had, most of them had a father problem. Most of them had a lack of a father, or what, what some people call the father wound. Amen. One of the deepest wounds that you can experience in your life is the father wound. Because it's mostly daddy that hurts us, isn't it? Nobody said amen on that one, but, but I'm gonna, I'll say amen for you. It's, it's mostly our perception, and, and a lot of our perception of our dad plays into our relationship with our heavenly father. So what did God do? Jesus came to show us the father nature of God. Matter of fact, somebody asked him one time, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. And, and I don't know if they were expecting him to pull out Facebook or Instagram and say, let me show you my daddy. No. He says, how long have I been with you? He who hath seen me hath seen the Father. And so when God sends you a man of God, when God sends you a pastor like uh, Chadwood King uh, and Heidi King, he, he sent them here. He, he plucked Chad King and Heidi King out of from where they were and brought them here to be spiritual fathers for Santa Rosa. And the way you know is, is they may be younger than some of you, but you still learn from them. You still grow with them because it's not about them. It's the Christ in them. It's the Holy Spirit in them that's being the father for your lives. The second thing, that, 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 the, the second gift that we have, and, and the father is such a beautiful, study up on that. Look at the father nature of God, uh, of how even Jesus says we've got to pray, Father uh, who art in heaven, hallowed be their name. There's a lot to that. The second gift that he gives us, he gives us the gift of the prophet. Everybody say the prophet. Now, the prophet, I'm going to be honest with you, some people take this word prophet and they get all weird with it and they think that they get the right to go around and, and start saying people, you know, God's going to give you a Mercedes Benz or, or, you know, God's going to get rid of your husband and give you two brand new ones or, you know. Uh, people, people get all weird. Listen, listen, God never gave these gifts for us to be weird. Hello, church. God didn't give these gifts for you to be going around and getting weird and doing all kinds of weird stuff. No, he gave them for the edification of the body of Christ. He gave them for, to help people. I remember one time a guy called me. He says, Pastor, I've got the gift of the prophet. I, I want you to come and invite me to your church to preach. I've got the gift to knock people down. And I said, well, well to be honest with you, I don't want you to knock my folks down. I'm looking for somebody that will lift them up. <laughs> What is, the, what is the essence of what the prophet is supposed to do? And what is the gift of the prophet to us? It's, it's correction. Everybody say correction. correction. Notice how nobody said, yeah, amen. Because <laughs> we don't like to be corrected. Come on. We like to do our own thing. We like to, we like to you know, we like to, I'm, I'm my own boss. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be told what to do. <laughs> but the purpose of the prophet, if you study the Old Testament... Uh, I'll give you one case, an example, where, where David had sinned, and David had committed adultery and, and murdered, and, and God sent a prophet to him to point his finger in the face and say, you are the man. 
You are the man. You are the sinner. And it was for the purpose of not, not dampening David's life and not trying to discourage David. But, but, but it, was, it was to give him some course correction. That's what the purpose of the prophet is in our lives. It's to give us course correction. Everybody say course correction. Because sometimes I'm headed the wrong direction. And I need somebody to come and tell me, hey, 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 wake up. You're going the wrong direction. How many of you have ever come out of the restroom with, with maybe a, a, a chocolate on your tooth? Or let, let's take a little bit further. How many of you have come out of the restroom and you accidentally had toilet paper hanging from behind you? Isn't it awesome to have somebody, a good friend, come and say, hey, hey, hey hold on. Hey, let's take it. <laughs> I mean, at, at the beginning, you're like, oh, man, I'm kind of embarrassed that they did this. But, but they saved you more embarrassment. That's the purpose of God's correction. It's not to just hamper your life. And, and some people say, oh, my God, I just I don't want to go to church because I don't want to be judged. Listen, I would rather get judged here down on earth than wait to get to heaven and get judged by the eternal God and not have gone through a series of judgments first. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to judge me. Go ahead. <laughs> some of you are like, <laughs> I don't agree with this man. Yes, you want to be judged. You want to be judged here on earth because this is passive judgment. This is light judgment. When God judges you, that's going to be serious. So I would rather go ahead and get into practice. Go ahead and tell me what I got wrong with myself. Go ahead and help me to wipe, wipe the chocolate off my tooth. Go ahead and take the toilet paper out from, from my feet. <laughs> you know, go ahead and, and correct my life. The Bible says that a fool despises correction. A fool. Everybody say a fool. This is another time I'm going to give you a chance to, to tell you never say, don't be a fool. Come on, don't be a fool. Enjoy correction. Correction is for my benefit. And God uses the prophetic environment of the church. How many of you have come into the church and all of a sudden so you were doing something wrong and the word came that day and just hit you? You're like, oh, did somebody tell pastor what I was going through? How many, how many have been in the service and you said, surely my wife texted him before I got to church? No, it's because, it's because that's the gift that God gives. That's, that's the blessing. He designed that so that when you walk into this environment, you can be encouraged, fathered, but you can also be corrected because you have great things in store for your life. So God gives us correction. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. The third gift that, the third gift that he gives us, he gives us, uh, he gives us the gift of the evangelist, which is the gift to help make us fruitful. Fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. fruitful. Amen. One of the things that God expects of me, God expects me to be fruitful. God wants me to be fruitful in my life. What does this mean? In other words, I, I, he, wants me to, he wants me to bear fruit. John chapter 15, one of my favorite passages of scripture, says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. It's the desire of God for you to be fruitful. And, and, and that's the purpose of the evangelist. You know, the evangelist has to do with harvest. Harvest. It has to do with, with going outside of myself. The evangelist, the gift of the evangelist is to come to push me to do things beyond me. That's the purpose of the evangelist. Because, you know, we're a very self-centered culture. We're a very self-centered culture. I mean, our favorite gizmo is the iPhone or the iPad. Somebody said amen. And so the evangelist comes to get us outside of ourselves and, and to get us to a point where we look beyond ourselves and we allow God to use us 
to do something beyond ourselves. Jesus said it at one time. He says, the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I love what Jesus did in that, in that portion of Scripture. If you read it, he, he gathers his disciples. He says, guys, guess what? You know, he's preaching and teaching and casting out devils and healing and doing all this stuff. He gathers his disciples, and he says, guys, listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And then he says, pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. So, so his disciples are sitting there thinking, yes, let's pray. Let's pray for the laborers. Oh, God, send laborers. Oh, God, send laborers. And then the very next portion of Scripture in chapter 10, the Bible says he gathers them to himself, and he sends them to be the laborers. So basically, he was getting them to pray for themselves. <laughs> Have you ever heard a message and you were like, oh, God, that's for her. Yes, Lord. That's for him. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you've got it all wrong. The whole time God's been saying, no, you. You're the one that I'm calling. You're the one that I want to do the work in. You're the one that I want to use to do something great. You know, the, the cool thing about seed time and harvest is, is I'm currently enjoying right now, whatever in my life, the seeds that I've planted in the past. Whatever life you're living right now, it has to do with the seeds that were planted in your past, good or bad. The good news about that is that if I want to change my future, all I got to do is start changing what I'm sowing into the ground today. So if I want to get outside of myself and I want to start experiencing the harvest of God, that's part of the gift that God has given me. You know, we talk about soul winning a lot. How many of you like soul winning? Mm, wow, glory to God. Uh, I was expecting everybody to say, yes. If, how many of you want a million dollars? Oh, you can't. Now I know you're lying. Now I got you. Got you. So, I got you. Some of you are like, whoa. Is that okay? <laughs> Praise God. How many, of you, how many of you like soul winning? You know? How many of you maybe don't like it because you failed at it, but you want to be good at it? You see, some of you didn't raise your hand because you're like, man, I've tried. I invited her, and every Sunday she promised me she swears she's coming. And at 8.30 in the morning, 9.30, I'm looking at it, and I still don't see the door open. You know? you know, but a lot of soul winning, a lot of evangelizing people is connected with the personal harvest of fruit and blessings and miracles that is happening in your own life. Amen. A lot of times we think, if I just go and knock on the door and I compel them to come in. Well, that's good, but there's even a greater level of evangelism when you begin to see God do things in your life, and what he's doing in your life is connecting you with other people. That, that's the, way, the, the best, long, sustainable soul winning. You can't knock doors every week, especially here in California. I think you'll have laws probably against it. I don't know. I know in Texas, you go knock on somebody's door, and everybody, yeah, come on in. You want a burger? You want a coffee? Man, here. but in California, you know, you can't, you can't necessarily do that. You got to send an email. <laughs> Hey, uh, from the Promise Center, <laughs> praise God. But, 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 and, but that's, not, that's not the greatest sustainability of evangelism. The greatest sustainability is when you're in him and he's in you. And then he says, everything you ask, he does it. And then he says, and this is my Father glorified. So when you start to see a personal harvest in your life, God begins to use that to, for you to experience a harvest of souls. And that's when you begin to experience the gift of fruitfulness. The, the fourth gift that he gives us is the gift of the pastor. Everybody say the pastor. pastor. Or, or in this case, everybody say pastors. pastors. Amen. You see, the purpose of the pastor, we can sum it up in one word, healed, healing. Everybody say healing. healing. That's the purpose of a pastor in your life. You know, as, 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 uh, if, you, if you read and you study Psalm 23, it gives us a good picture 
of what the good shepherd does for our life. Come on, how many of y'all know Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we go on and on and on. The purpose of that is for healing in our lives. Somebody said amen. amen. You see, the pastor is supposed to lead me, lead me to, to still waters. The pastor is supposed, to, is supposed to restore my soul. Notice that before he leads me in paths of righteousness, before his namesake, the first thing he does is he leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. Sometimes we want to get everybody to live right, but we have not taken them to the still waters first. We have not taken them to receive restoration from your soul. I'm glad that y'all are in a church right here that before they're interested in getting you to walk right and do all these kind of things which are important, there's just an environment of healing in this house. As I was walking in here, I, I'll be honest with you, I came in here this weekend and, and I just, I just, I needed some little healing in my own life. I needed some things. And, and as I walked in and heard the worship and I, and I experienced and I, and I greeted people, people greeted me with smiles. Joe, how are you doing? We're so glad you're here. Man, God just started healing me as I was walking into the sanctuary. By the time I sat down right there, I was a healed man ready to get up here and deliver the word to you. How many of you are thankful for the Promise Center in that regards? If you stick around here long enough, you're going to get healed from whatever you're dealing with. Because that's, that's what, now, now I have a different mentality. I, I've got, I'm going to mess up your theology right now, and then I'm going to let pastor come after, after he goes to New Zealand and gets all the bad emails, and, and he comes back, oh, Lord, what did Joe do? I'm going I'm to mess up your theology. See, I believe that God put your pastor here to be the apostle. I believe that the prophetic environment that God has put inside of this house is designed to correct, and I believe that y'all are supposed to be the pastors. I told you I was going to mess it up. You're not supposed to pastor people in here. You're supposed to pastor the people out there. Man, man of God, you're not just a husband. You're not just a daddy. You're the pastor of your home. You're not just there on that college campus just to study and get a degree. Do that. But you're supposed to be there to, to pastor the sheep. You're supposed to lead the sheep in, in the ways of the Lord. You're supposed to guide people and, and bring them to a place of healing. Everybody say, I can, I can be a pastor of one person. Come on, everybody can be a pastor. Instead of trying to control people, why not just be a pastor? Because a pastor doesn't stand behind people. A pastor goes before people. If you ever see a pastor behind the sheep, that's not a true pastor. That's a butcher. <laughs> He's taking them to be killed. That's why he's got to force them. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you want to see a true pastor, a true pastor stands in front and leads to follow me because I'm going to take you to good waters. I'm going to take you to good, good pastures. And so the pastor is there for, to bring healing. I love what Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 and, uh, through verse 16 says. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Do, do you feel like you're going to have some happy ministry after this? He says, he says in Jeremiah chapter 3, let's read it. He says, and I will give you what? Shepherds according to what? My to my heart. I love this. Who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Let's stay there for a moment. He says, this is why he's giving you shepherds, to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Some of you say, well, Pastor, you just, you just said that I'm a pastor. Well, I'm trying to help you become a pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. No, that, I love what Pastor Chad says. Listen, we don't hand out titles. We hand out towels. Don't go around. This is not for you to go get a business card. Pastor Joe from Houston said, I'm a pastor, so I'm just getting my, you know, www.pastor, you know, here in Santa Rosa. No, 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 no. That's not. The purpose is a function. Stop focusing on titles and focus on the function of what God has called you to do. Amen? 
and, and the way, look at what he says. He says, I will give you shepherds. He's talking, he's talking about people who are broken, lost, people who are in rebellion, people who are out there suffering. He said, after they repent, after they come to God, he says, I'm going to give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. You see, you see, God wants you to be a healer. God wants you, but in order for you to heal other people, you got to start getting some knowledge and understanding in your own life first. Praise God. Don't just go out there and say, well, God said. No, you got to get some knowledge. You got to get some understanding so that you can lead. And I love what he says in verse 16. Look at this. This blew my mind. He says, then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord, that they will say no more, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, it shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it, nor shall it be any more. Basically, God says, y'all remember the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, some of you? Y'all remember in the Ark of the Covenant, there was a little box, and that was a shadow of things to come, you know, and that, that box was representative of the presence of God. He's saying there's coming a day, there's coming a moment where there's going to be multiplication, and I'm going to give people shepherds, people that are going to be healers, people that are going to feed people with knowledge and understanding. And he says, and they are going to replace the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> You don't need an Ark of the Covenant in your house. You don't need an Ark of the Covenant in your school. They've got you. They've got you. So so you want to be happy in ministry. Uh, Embrace this idea. The Ark of the Covenant is inside of me. God's presence is inside of me. And everywhere I go, the angels of the Lord accompany me. Everywhere I go, God's presence is with me. Everywhere I go, the lights have got to turn on in the room because I am the light of the world according to what Jesus said. you got to embrace that. Hallelujah. Some of you are in very miserable situations right now. you got some family trouble. you got some issues going on, some stuff on the job that you don't like. And you're like, God, if I could just, if I could just get the promise that it all join me and rebuke all these devils out of this you know, situation. Or if I could just get pastor here, if I could just get everybody here. No, you are there. Amen. And because you're there, he's there. Yeah. And because he's there, hallelujah, you can bring healing to that situation yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Is that making sense, church? Amen. The last thing that he gives us, he says, he gives us the pastor, and then he gives us the teacher. Everybody say the teacher. teacher. Now the teacher, the teacher is simply for me, for me to be taught, to, for me to be taught. What is the value and importance of being taught? In order for me to be taught, this means that I got to become a student. If I want to do happy ministry, I got to get into student mode. I got to, I got to become a learner. I gotta become somebody that's that's learning and growing. One of the amazing things I love about your pastor is by the time he talks to you about something, he's already got 10 steps ahead of you about what he's thinking about talking to you in the future. He's a constant learner and grower. Every time I get around him, he's he's thinking something new. He's got something new on his mind, something, something he's growing. And that's how you and I need to become. We need to become students and learners and growers. Listen, listen. This statement, this statement, if you catch this statement, it'll bless you. The only areas that I'm defeated in are the areas that I'm not taught in. Let me say this again. The only areas that I'm defeated in are the areas that I, that I lack knowledge. The good news is, is if I'm struggling or I'm having a difficult time today, that's okay because I can be taught out of that situation. You see, you see, I can be taught out of a bad marriage. I can be taught out of bad financial dealings. I can be taught out of addictions. 
I can be taught out of bondage. I can, I can be taught out of those things because knowledge, my people perish not for lack of money, not for lack of a beautiful wife, not for a lack of a better husband. My people perish not because, not because my children are not obeying themselves, not because I need a better president. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And when I become a student and I say, God, I'm hungry and thirsty for righteousness. I'm hungry and thirsty to grow. And, not, and every time I learn something, I grow to another level. Every time I learn something, I go to a next level of glory and power in Jesus Christ. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. You want happy ministry? You want happy ministry the rest of your life? The first thing God wants you to know, I gave you a gift so that you can be fathered. You want, you want happy ministry for the rest of your life? I gave you a gift so that you can be corrected. Come on, somebody, some of you missed it the first time. Go ahead and say amen. Yeah, that's amen. Uh, he said, he said I, gave you the gift of, uh, I gave you the gift of fruitfulness so that you can be fruitful in your life. I gave you the gift of healing so that you can be healed in every area of your life. I gave you the gift of, of teaching so that you can be taught in your life. Let me, let me make a few prayers here as we close here today. How many of you can be honest with me and say, Pastor, you know what? I did not have a good experience with my father, and I really want to be healed today, and I want to accept the gift that God has given me today of being fathered. Would you, would you and I, this is church, so it's okay to be honest. It's okay to raise your hand. Even if your dad is here, dad, don't be offended if you're here. Just, 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 just say, okay, amen, yes. <laughs> Do it. Because God is a better father than any fathers could ever be. He is the everlasting father. So if you need healing and you need the father gift right now, would you raise both of your hands right now? I'm just going to make a few, a few quick little prayers here. Father, I thank you. Because in this room are some of the most beautiful people in the world. You have, you have chosen them and called them to be miracles in this day. And Lord, whatever broken image and picture they have of a father at this moment. I pray that your spirit would come right now and bring correction to that image. I pray that there would be a portrait change right now. That there would be a, a, a visual image in their hearts of, of what it is to experience you as their father. And Lord, right now, I, I pray, I pray that, that they each one would have an encounter with you as their father. Now, not as some far and distant God who's disinterested and unwarm and just cold, but as a cold, as a close, warm, loving, heavenly Father. I speak to the lack of fatherless in you. And today I declare that from this moment forward, you are not an orphan in Jesus' name. You are not an orphan. Because Jesus says, I will not leave you as an orphan. He says, I will come to you. And today Jesus comes to you not as religion. He doesn't come to you as just Ten Commandments. He comes to you as a heavenly Father. And he wants you to know, I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you, and I'm never going to forsake you. Hallelujah. Some of you need correction in your life. And today you recognize it. Maybe you didn't like it, but you said, you know what? I want to be corrected. I want to open up my heart. And just by saying a simple act of saying, Lord, I'm willing to be corrected, he'll come in and correct you, and you'll experience the abundance that he has for you. If you want to be corrected and you want God to open up yourself to be corrected by God, would you lift up both of your hands? And say, Lord, I need to be corrected in the area of my finances. I need to be corrected in the area of my marriage. I need to be corrected in my attitudes. I need to be corrected in, in my selfishness, Lord. I need to be corrected in the things of my life, oh God, that are causing me to fail. 
Oh, I command right now. Oh, I speak this. I, I, I speak this today that cycles will be broken in Jesus' name today. Destructive cycles will be broken by the power of the name of Jesus. I declare that you will not repeat the same mess that you've been experiencing all of your life. But today, the cycle is broken. Hallelujah. The day, the patterns, the cycles, the rhythms of destruction are broken in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes. Say it again. Shout yes. Some of you haven't been fruitful in your life. You haven't been fruitful and you've been feeling condemned because you're not being fruitful. Today, God's saying today, I'm giving you the gift of fruitfulness. If you want to be fruitful, I want you to raise your hands. Maybe you've been fruitful, but you want to be more fruitful and you want to have more fruit. Would you raise your hands right now? Lord, in Jesus' name, we receive the gift of fruitfulness in our life. Lord, from this day forward, barrenness is over. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Barrenness is over. Hallelujah. From this moment forward, I'm a tree that bears fruit in its season, and its leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. And so right now, you receive the gift of fruitfulness in your life. Say, Lord, help me to be fruitful as of this moment forward. Help everything I touch to be blessed in the name of Jesus. Help everything I do, oh God, to prosper for your honor and for your glory in Jesus' name. Some of you need to be healed today. You need to be healed. You got some brokenness in your life and you recognize it, would you lift up your hands right there? You, got some, you need some healing. Some broken areas are in your life. There's some damaged areas. You, you feel like damaged goods. You feel like you're not good for nothing. You feel like you have low worth. Your worth does not come from where you've been through. Your worth is, comes from what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. And today, the shepherd is in the house. His name is Jesus. And he comes to declare healing upon your life. He comes to say the broken and damaged areas are now healed by the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I'm healed. Come on, shout it again, shout, I'm healed. One last thing. One last thing. Some of you are simply failing in areas of your life simply because of lack of knowledge. It's not because you're a bad person. It's not because you came from the other side of the tracks. It's not because you can't become from a, from a bad family. But it's just simply a lack of knowledge. The good thing is, he says that if you'll value knowledge above rubies, if you'll value knowledge above gold and silver and above a better paycheck, if you'll value knowledge, he said he'll give you all the other things that you need. Would you raise your hands, those of you that want knowledge. You want God to, to fill your life and be taught. Lord, right now we pray, just like the apostle prayed, for the spirit of illumination and revelation in the knowledge of him. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We honor you, O oh God. Lord, the areas where I've been defeated, the areas where I have lack of knowledge, the area that I've been destroyed in right now in Jesus' name, I open up my heart and I ask for knowledge and wisdom and I ask for understanding and I declare that my future days are better than my past days. I declare, Lord, that the days to come will be better than the days that I have passed through. In the mighty name of Jesus, will somebody give a shout of praise right now? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Would you stand? We're going to sing. We're going to lift our hearts. We're going to worship and just entertain the presence of the Lord. Let's just water that seed that God's put in our heart. Would you just lift your hands and your hearts with me? Let us worship together as we sing. For more information about who we are, we invite you to go to thepromisecenter.com. 
God bless you.